to another special episode Let's of the Epic Podcast. Let's go. Hi, it's episode 159, and I'm joined on the line once again by Sneaky Pete to chat hey, all things up? Magic the Gathering. Oh my goodness. <laughs> We're, We're almost at the end of the year. So, I can't, um, I can't believe that's another rotation around the sun for all of us here on the Epic Experiment podcast. If you like what you're hearing, again, it's uh, most of our social media will be in the show notes. We've got big plans for 2024. Keep us in your, in your, uh, in your inner circle here, uh, and we are happy to have you with us today. What are we talking put about, Bruce? Your, put, put us in your ear holes, baby. <laughs> so uh, we are. It's We're talking all sorts of things today. It's going to be good. We're looking. This is going to be our, our end of year reflection um, audience. Um, now we record on Monday nights, and the next two Monday nights are Christmas and New Year's. Guess what? We're not doing. We're not recording on Christmas <laughs> and New Year's. To everybody so, over the internet, is they don't got to hear us for two weeks. They have to wait three yeah. weeks now to hear us again. So now, Merry we, Christmas, don't worry, don't worry. Happy Hanukkah, we, everybody. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Yeah, you know, all that good stuff. All we will get celebrate. more content out to you. Don't worry. We understand you gotta have you gotta have your your epic experiment. You gotta have With a little bit of us. Oh yeah. Like I mean, get a little coffee, put a little Bailey's in it, sit back over the holidays and relax. <laughs> we have lots of back episodes. With this, it'll be your background noise, your white noise yeah, to go to sleep. Yeah. You know. So, so, but we also know you want some new stuff. So we're coming. We're going to bring it to you. Don't worry. But. We're going to take some well-deserved rest, spend some time with our friends and family for the holidays, and yeah. we'll be back to give you guys content in 2024. Don't you worry. Um, but we got lots on the, show, on the show today to talk about some reflections for uh, 2023, because 23-3 was a pretty banner year for Magic. Yeah. Um, pretty, good, pretty good year for us here on the show. Uh, we have a new co-host, like Pete's here. What and because uh, uh, <laughs> uh, if you're new to joining us here on the show, uh, for better part of 120 episodes, I'm pretty sure Lux was my co-host, and Lux Lux has had life. Life got busy, hey, and Lux that's had what happens. Step aside, and Pete was gracious enough to join me so that we could uh, continue our adventure here on the Epic Experiment. Honest, Bruce, um, I'm glad you didn't get sick of me so far with all of my dude, banter. Dude, no way! <laughs> You're our dirtbag. We love our Pete. Um, we love our Sneaky Pete. Um, my friends call but, it the Sneaky Pete special when they're like, oh, he's about to win right now. Well, you know, explicit it here and, you know, you, you stink. And literally that happened on Sunday. We'll get to that, though. We'll get to that in all due time. Um, but there was also lots of really great stuff that happened in Magic. Uh, and, like, yeah. and we're going to sort of, sort of reflect a little bit on what happened for us personally. Yeah. And then we're going to try and look at it from a sort of a bit of a bigger perspective uh, to look at the at the broader Magic Commander sort of uh, ecosphere to try and help people uh, have a better perspective, maybe leaving 2023. Yeah. And hopefully give us some perspective. So as we enter 2024 and get a deluge of yet more product uh what people might you know can anticipate some more so um uh, i thought oh. we'd start with some personal reflections before we get too far down like the <laughs> like the the broader strokes of the game yeah so, for like, sure like how was your 2023 with magic like what did did you dig it were you having where it was it all was dreamed of, dreamed of and more okay so to be clear 
I've had an interesting year. Uh, I discovered Vintage Cube. Fantastic. Uh, one of like like that first girlfriend. It was love at first sight, right? It was that honeymooning period that I can't just get out of my head now. You know, I'm I'm uh, skipping in the fields when I'm thinking about all the dumb stuff I can brew with Vintage Cube. Um, drafting. I finally broke my streak of going winless the last few drafts. I literally didn't win a game every draft I've been doing this year. So thank goodness uh, that's over. I went one and two on Friday. Um, everyone, the Flying Spaghetti Monster has answered my prayers when it comes to breaking that curse. I'm sorry, Pete. Are you trying to tell me that when you draft, are you drafting in person or drafting in person? Arena's been oh. a, okay. In person streak. I'm sorry. I should have been more clear. I've actually physically driven to a store recently and actually drafted the last few six months oh, okay. or so. Because I was, I was going to say, if you haven't won on Arena, that feels that's like that's pretty abysmal. Yeah, it's it's a player like a skill issue. issue. <laughs> but you know, I like mean, a skill issue. <laughs> bronze, bronze league forever, baby. Anyway, <laughs> so. But um, in terms of Commander, I built some pretty fun decks this year. I've updated some decks finally, put some on Moxfield for the first time in God knows how many years. And I've been cutting staples, so I, it's been a love-hate affair, I think, with my favorite game. I've definitely had to take multiple long breaks. But Bruce, how have you been? <laughs> um, I have to say, I've really enjoyed 2023. I thought there was a lot of positives to be had. Um, for starters, and I... The Transformers were dope. Yes. Um, those guys were awesome. Now, I realize they probably were printed in 2022, but I didn't get my hands on them in 2023 and start building decks with them. So I'm going to count them as 2023 cards. Um, I thought the Transformers were dope because it's my childhood. Come to cartoons. Come it's to my, my cards. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a big fan. Hmm. Um, so that was cool. Um I liked the storyline with the Phyrexians. It's like, I'm not usually a lore guy, but I kind of liked the story, but I felt like they built it up and then they Ooh, ended it real too exactly. fast. That's why I was upset. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted more, st- I wanted more like to the give story. Than, like, man, give us some girth, baby. Give us some girth, some please. Girth, some girth. Like, yes. okay. I was going to call it texture, but sure. You can call it girth if you want, man. Let's just Give descend some... more. Let's descend more in the descend. story, okay? Go deeper. All right, anyway. Um... Dear God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, folks. We're getting it all um, out no. before the new year, I guess. But, but um, no, I really liked, I really yeah. liked like, the sort of the buildup, and then it ended sure. too fast. Because I kind of feel like when we had the Oath of the Gatewatch cycle, the buildup was too protracted. And then we had we had the, the giant effect. War of the Spark, and yeah. the War War of the Spark felt like a really good cathartic ending to the whole yep. arc. It was like the end feel- game for Marvel, right? It, I remember yeah. everybody was talking about it when I first started playing a lot more competitively, and everyone was like, "This story is so cool, and I'm so hype." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, I don't know anything about this. Fill me in, please." You know? Yeah. And so. But I thought with March of the Machine, everything sort of came to a crashing Ooh. halt far too quickly. And I was like, right. oh, I kind of feel a little let down. But I liked the buildup, and I liked part of right. the story, so um, that was cool. Um, I really liked the Lord of the Rings product. I thought that was really, really well done. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I liked the, I liked the product. I liked the, the I liked many of the cards. Um, I liked the fact that there's a lot of options to play with and lots of cool things to do. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. 
the drafting actually was pretty fun too. I did that a number of times. I mean, we did it together. The, remember? Yeah, we, we did a little bit together. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's and, right. But I also like the fact that the artwork on the cards really looked like Lord of the Rings. It really popped, felt yeah. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. For real. So I think there's a lot of good to be had there. Um, I know some people didn't love bits and pieces of it. The 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 one ring is is super powerful card. Good heavens. Um, but I really, <laughs> yeah. I really liked, I really liked the Lord of the Rings product. Um, I think over on the whole, I built, uh, I built four decks in 2023, which I feel yeah. like is a smaller number than I, well, you to usually do, usually do what, like five or six at least. I remember when well, I, try- I met you, you always sort of rotate through stuff pretty quickly. Well, I, I try to build a new commander for each set. Like right. I try to like I pick one that I like, but there was a lot of the ones that from some of the sets I just didn't build. They just fell flat, or they just didn't yeah, really interest you, right? I remember we so talked about the, this too. It took it took us yeah. when we were trading cards together. I remember we had a, like an hour or two long conversation about this because yeah. it's been difficult. Let's let's be real here. It's been difficult to track this stuff this year. Well, that's the thing, right? So you end up seeing yeah. a you see a commander and you're like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing with that, and they put it down. Like, and so, I mean, a great example is like the four color Aragorn card, like four color Aragorn. Like it just, it, yeah. like, I go like, what do I do with this card? This just feels like four color soup. I know what I do I'm with not- that card, but I'm not going to tell you because then you're going to get upset at me. Dirtbag <laughs> <laughs> Pete. It would be um, oh, gonna- <laughs> intruder alarm. Gonna in- yeah. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to put it in Ramos, but anyway. Um, intruder alarm, cryptolithrite, some just basic, basic shenanigans. Anyway. Uh, that's another Basic story. Yeah, another yeah. story for another time. So yeah, so I, this year I built. Um, I ended up building Ultra Magnus, Optimus Prime, and Megatron. Sweet. You see where my brain Which is going? I've seen them, oh. and they were they were fun to play against and see it in action because it's definitely a trip a trip around the sun for those ones. Yeah, and then <laughs> I built Gimli. I've built Gimli Mournful Avenger. That's a cool that one. I haven't ever actually had a chance to play. But I will have to pull out here and make use of here shortly. Um, Please. But those those are the four ones I built, mm-hmm. and I didn't build any for w- Wilds of Eldraine because Wilds of Eldraine. Um, I think the only one that appealed to me was Hilda, and I feel I like ruined that's... it for you. Did I ruin it for you, Bruce? Yeah, you kind of made. Yeah, you kind of made me feel bad <laughs> about myself for doing it because it's like Bruce. This is this is just an oppressive like yeah, yeah, yeah. make everybody sad deck. It's, a, like, it's literally oh. like a needle. It's a it's an icy manipulator, and it just doesn't end well for anybody involved. Yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. Mm-hmm. so. I mean, so I I I moved I've moved away from the Hilda deck, and uh, nothing else really caught my caught my fancy because yeah. the food deck I purchased was a precon. Um, and I don't really want to build another Gre- like build a Greta deck because that doesn't seem like like Greta goes in Frodo and Sam. Um, and other than that, I think a lot of the a lot of the legends from um, Wilds of Eldraine were kind of lackluster. And then Ixalan, yeah. I'm I haven't I haven't been enthused with what I've seen for commanders yet. Maybe I'm going to find something that really catches my fancy, um, but it hasn't happened yet. So. Um, I don't want to build the Merfolk that I have multiple copies of this hackball, which seems fun, but I don't think I want to build it. Um, I have, you know, a few other ones that, you know, have come in. So I'm like, eh, I don't know. So I'll yeah. have to think about what I want to build for 2024. Maybe there's something that's coming down the pipe. Yeah. But I, for I, me, I the- all the LOTR 
pre-cons as well it, just to mm -hmm. stay with it i mean i upgraded two two are still unsealed uh, or whatever they're still sealed but i just don't like the deck unfortunately like the the human deck that i have is just kind of boring after a while you know so well the hu the human deck with aowen smashes it does. um and that thing is just uh, just uh, just uh, gonna kick your teeth in the elves deck is disappointing because it should mm -hmm. be cool and it's not yeah and it's kinda... then you have no, no nothing against and... it nothing against no. it and reanimator Sauron... package sauron's pretty much reanimator and then the frodo food deck or whatever but like I think I'm excited for the Fallout because that was my childhood. Was the Fallout games? I had friends that really went deep into that game, and I played it a lot in college with friends too. So I'm excited for those cards a little bit more, just because of the fact that it's something I want, that I want. I want the Jeskai Energy deck. The Jeskai Energy deck. I, yeah, I saw that, and I it screamed Bruce. So I was like, "Dang, uh, he's no, going to be." I mean, doing flips. Already right got. Now. I already got a Jeskai Energy deck, and I'm like, "Perfect." Oh. Well. Oh my I'm god! Like, I was they a dirty hipster me. before. I was a dirty hipster. Like someone knew what I wanted to do. So, <laughs> modern um, ones. Oh god, it was horrible. It was a Tamir energy deck. Do you remember that with the basilisk and the and the double striking runner dude who gives you eight energy and you go infinite with the combat steps? You ever remember that? Yep, I do. Aether whale. Um, <laughs> so, well, yeah, well, that's that's my Jeskai deck. It's the whales. Yeah. I'm playing the whales, and I bounce them, <laughs> and I bounce them back and forth, like. One of them Silly. washes them all, washes all the permanents away, and then you recast the other one, make a giant pile of energy, um, and and the, it's a it's a cool deck if you can do the if you're gonna pull the whale trick, but it's not like it's it's not like it's fun. It's just a big old whale. Um, right. <laughs> so I'm hoping there's some new cool things. What I did realize though, Pete, and as I've I've I realized that the number of games I've won in Commander this year has been how do I put this? Very very few. Um, and it really, that's part of the reason why uh, we did a session the other week on mulliganing, because right. I think I need to be far more intentional about my mulligans uh, and how I choose to start the game. And we're going to come to that point a little later on, I think, in our in conversation. Our reflection, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I also recognize there's a lot of the cards in my list that are not optimized any longer. And I probably need to go through and, like you say, cut a bunch of staples, which are going to hurt me, or take out cards that are not optimal and put in other pieces that are going to synergize better with my decks. So it's going to result in me having to retool quite a number of things uh, in the new year. Um, and which is example. good. Like, yeah, a recent example. Um, I cut Avacyn and World Slayer in my equipment deck. That are two rares for two eight cent cards, because of the fact that I needed the deck to run, but even better than before. And it sucks because I love Avison. I love the card. Its ability is super powerful. I invested time and money in the card, and now it's like it's not being played any any further. Because um, yeah. as we're gonna you know move on to the next portion, which is the state of the game right now. Uh, is different than when we started, and different a hell of a lot different than when you started. Excuse my language, Bruce. When you know, are you telling me I'm old? 
You tell no, me I'm how old saying, Pete. I'm saying you're seasoned in Commander, man. I'm not speaking oh, about your age at all. I, I can like confirm nor thing. deny how old you are because I'm not going to disclose that personal information on the show because we don't need that to come back to me. You know what I mean? I don't need the Mounties to come or the Pinkertons to come and bust down my door. So the Mounties are coming to you. I could you imagine? No, the Mounties <laughs> middle are coming like, to you. Middle of like Pennsylvania or Maryland or like the Eastern Seaboard. They're riding down the coast to come get me. No, they're not. The they're Mounties sleeping in the Appalachian Mountains for like a, <laughs> the night, so they gotta find a place to stop for their horses. And then go yeah. pan for some gold. Yeah, there we go. Lewis and Clark anyway, much anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, the the original story of our, our Northwest Mountain Police was to go and control the, the gold rush that was happening in the Yukon Territories. And the, so many of our stories with our Royal Canadian Mountain, Mountain Police begin and end with panning for gold in the Yukon. So anyway. A nice uh, Western story to start off. Spaghetti. Yeah, there we go. So anyway, there's lots of good to be had in 2023. I'm looking forward to 2024. Uh, I'm not sure I'm super, like, I'm not exactly stoked for the Ravnica remastered because I didn't think we needed yet another Ravnica product. But uh, I am kind of looking for looking forward to Karlov Murders. Um, Murders in Karlov Mansion or whatever it is. Like, I think yeah. that should be pretty neat. That should be interesting. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty down with that. It's based so, on the Clue board game that Hasbro owns, so I'm not surprised that they're sort of leveraging a very popular game that we've sort of grown up with to milk mm, it a little bit yeah. and also the fact that it's a lot of the characters featured are very um very prominent in the lore so yeah yeah i don't know how i feel yet i think ravnica remastered is going to be annoying to draft like it was when they did dominary remastered i also think mm-hmm. that the reprints are going to upset a lot of people because of the price point but we'll get into that as well in yeah. this next section this section i like the title bruce we had the reflections of lit jar us, like uh, you know, because that's mm-hmm. that's that's the that's the play on words. Right, this one, I'm, I'm 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 here for it. I'm here for it. What did you call this one? This one is um, uh, gifted estates because Ooh, we're discussing like that. how that card used to be relevant and now it's not anymore. Well, it is poop soup now. It is. You know what I mean? Good. And isn't that crazy to think about? Because I used to be like the primo white ramp. In command. Well, it was it was land tax followed by gifted estates for sure. Right, but if you couldn't afford the land tax, you'd buy a gifted estates and you would play it in every white deck at that time, right? Yeah, cause, yeah, because you're because you're poor. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> what is my motto, Bruce? Any card is 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 a bomb in in the right hands. So you are correct. Um, <laughs> And I'm going to be honest, like I, I, I the only reason I have a land tax is because I found one in a box from ages ago. So not because I have a not a poor, not because I'm poor. In it, but because because you put fetches <laughs> in between five cent freaking commons, and I you give me a heart attack, baby. <laughs> I got to check my pulse after I go through your box of goodies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's let's let's, let's go through the gift of the state. So, um. What about the broader state of Commander? Like I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I feel like the format has changed significantly. I feel like in 2023 there's been a significant change because I remember playing last January mm-hmm. and feeling like things are a lot different now than they were even just a year ago. Would you agree, Pete? Yeah, uh, power level. I like to equate it to this, right? 
back in like 15 years ago, 20, 10 years ago when Commander was like a young thing, everybody was eating uh, a carnivore diet and now everybody's vegan or something, right? Like it's pivoted completely. <laughs> I prefer to think of it as being as transformational. It's a transformational stage. The diet yeah, we were changed, playing, okay. <laughs> yeah, the diet changed. Um, now it's me. I'm getting eaten. Um, no, so I feel like like really the format right. is in the process of transforming it before, before our eyes. Yeah. Um, and I think all jokes aside, there, folks. The what we if you were if you were like me and we we pl- you played Commander in 2014, 15, 16, 17. The game was very different than it is today. And we're in the process now of going through a process of transforming it into what is going to be the dominant way of consuming magic. And yeah. it is definitely a good a good deal more assertive, I would say, than it was in 2015. Uh, quite a bit more um, streamlined and... There's a lot more to it that we have to consider when we sit down to build our decks. Pete. Bruce, what would you say was like the average curve in 2017, 2015? What, what would you think would so be like, like I, where would it cap out at, right? Where would it cap out at? Because mostly... So it wouldn't be... A, yeah. In tw- in back, so 2015, 2016, playing some number of seven or eight drops would not be unheard of in your deck. Those would be your biggest bombs. Um, and not just Eldrazi. Like you It'd would play in yeah, Rise of the you Dark Realms. Yeah, yeah, you play, yeah, play right. Yeah, you play something yeah. big and big and chonky like that to to get the job done, um, and that would not be uncommon. Um, your ramp package tended to start a lot a lot later, so um, you would play your mana ramp on three to three and four. So you'd be playing um, like a three mana mana lift. Like if you if you were really good, yep. you got your Sol Ring out early, yep. and you might have had a talisman. But talismans weren't as like prevalent as they are today. They weren't or really played. Yeah. Well, well, they didn't. They they had been printed so long ago that they were expensive and hard to get a hold. That's of. right. That's right. They didn't reprint them until the guild kits yeah. and the uh, yes. Thank you. So when when they started printing them again, in in a bunch of products, then the prices dipped and people get a hand on them. So now they were instead of being ten to fifteen dollars a card, they're a dollar or two. So now they can go. The 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 proliferation is everywhere. Arcane Signet popped up in 2019. That thing is like was is now everywhere. It wasn't. It was. It was not a thing before 2019. So you it had was no a huge, crazy bomb, I guess, in that sense. I, well, absolutely. It goes because it literally would go everywhere. Um, so you would play like your ramp packages were things like Kudama's Reach and Cultivate and Manaliths or Chromatic Dark Lantern Ingots and that stuff. Yeah, Chromatic yeah. Lantern. Chromatic Lantern was one of the top, like the best ones you could get. Yeah. Because yeah. it fixed all your mana, um, and then you and you were people would still play Sky Shroud claims, Dragon like Horde. Were, yeah, yeah. There was playing a lot of these sorts of these sorts of ramp pieces. Uh, Explosive vegetation was another one that got quite That's a bit right. of play. Migratory so root. These, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. These cards have essentially disappeared from the format. I can't tell you the last time I watched someone cast a Sky Shroud claim that wasn't a landfall deck. That was like heavily based in mono green, so you know. I'm running like my that, Fabian like, deck, by the way. Good. I'm, I'm she's good on she's you, six mana, and it's it's probably my mistake, but she's six yeah. mana, right? Anyway, so I mean, I would really feel like you know the one of the biggest changes has been how the ramp package has been has been pushed down the curve to 
one, two, and if you're playing ramp on three, it's like not just kind of good. It's like it's insano ramp. Yeah. Um, yeah. and because there's me, so much of it. Let Go me ahead. tell you real quick. Star compass, right? Is an uncommon. It's like a two dollar card. Yes. Uh, um, guardian idol. It's like a dollar fifty or almost two dollars. People are seeing the value of these two mana rocks that come in tap. The fire diamonds, the sapphire diamonds, etc. The cards that the the two mana rocks that come in tapped are super beneficial now because of how fast everything is. How how the commanders now are like three mana or less. Uh, it's pretty rare to see a, a commander that's six mana or eight mana. It's unheard of at this yeah, point. Yeah, and the, yeah, I would agree with you. And the fact that like I play multiple of these commanders, like Optimus Prime and, and Ultra Magnus and Megatron, are all six mana or greater commanders. Um, yeah. That you know that really like puts you in a different type of deck than what people are building out of you know the current sets. So if you if you go look to EDH Rec and you go look at the top commanders from like a particular set. Let's go look at this Lost Caverns of Ixalan. Yeah. Well, like like Michael Tyrant is the second most popular deck. It's a three mana three commander. Mana. Mm -hmm. uh, Amalia is two mana. Anim Pakal yep. is three. The Ancient One is two. Yep. Like yeah, you have Aklazoth there as a five mana one, and that's you know a little bit unexpected. Um, you know, but very few of them cost more than four. Yeah. Like, so then. Really. So then the other thing that we've noticed is three-color decks have become very, very, very prevalent because of how easy oh, it is yeah. to fix. And even off-colors, like when I used to play like a Esper deck, right? I played uh, Sidri, right? Galvanic Genius. It used to take me forever to get my colors sometimes because at the time I didn't have the fetch lands. I couldn't afford them. But also because those colors traditionally were not good at ramping. But now they are becoming better at ramping, and they're able to fit into like the sort of uh, convoluted like tunnel of ramp that we see in Commander now. Like white, white is a huge come up behind from behind color, and now it just strictly can ramp sometimes better than other players can get out permanence to get there. Um, like uh, my buddy was playing that Abuelo deck uh, this this weekend, um, and he was flickering a a card from one of the. Uh, Warhammer decks. It's a white creature that says, if an opponent controls more lands than you when it enters, you can search for any planes in your deck. It doesn't have to be a basic anymore, and put it into play. And it's a, like an uncommon. Good so heavens. it's like a three. It's like a three mana uncommon that only costs one white pip. So like yeah, crazy so, to me, so, right? Yeah. So that, that, so there's your there's your triome fixes all your colors and away we go. No, I think the combination of the, of the development of the triomes and <laughs> Uh, the and the proliferation of the fetch lands has really made playing three, four, and five color decks very accessible. Easy, easy. Um, like really like on easy mode. Mm -hmm. You're right. Yep. Um, and to the point where it's it really has you know the the desire to build a two color deck really is not a thing anymore. Why would you play two like three color well, play right three or more? For no the other thing card. is, uh, a side note, if you're playing one color, your deck's either incredibly consistent because you have to compete that way, or um, or you're playing like um, a deck that's super low to the ground. Yeah, I don't know why it was doing that, but um, so, yeah, my computer was fritzing out for a second, but everything's good now. So, 
the uh, the monocolor decks are usually very much weaker in scope and scale than these three, four, five plus colors. Um, that what I've noticed at least. Like for the longest time, I'm like, I'm playing mono red against five color decks. How the heck do I compete with them? I have to go faster than them. And that's literally what I've been doing recently, is I'm cutting big expensive dragons for two mana creatures that ETB and do something for me. You know what I mean? So, like, that's what I've been having to do with these decks. This is my Akiri equipment deck. Similar situation. You're cutting the 8-drop for this, the one mana leather armor that gives your creature ward one. And it only equips for zero on your turn or something. Um, the efficiency, I guess, is what we're trying to say. Um, yeah. How do you... What, do you, what can you say? Because we've both been on the the uh this the like the the stomping and we've been the guys getting crushed at the table together what have you seen with like optimized decks because it used to be like you have to th- kind of think through your process of building but now it just seems different bruce it seems like a lot of people have yeah. access which is a good thing a ton of access to cards but we see a lot more net decks don't we there's less pet well, cards in the sure. shop I'm not sure I'm going to call it net decking, but I'm definitely going to call it where like there's a preponderance Linear? of data that's out there. There's so much data that's out there uh, that I don't want to call it net decking because like even when you go to EDH rec, you're not seeing you're not seeing an aggregate list that's uh, that's agreed upon. It's not like CEDH where no, there is an agreed upon. Right. Yeah, but right. you're seeing a percentage inclusion rate of some cards. Which is telling, which drives people to say, "Oh, don't look look at that card. Part is that good, card is yeah. included." Yeah, yeah or that good. card has 50% synergy with my commander or something like that. Yeah. That's what it does. So right? you don't have to go digging through your box of junk looking to find the card that might play well with your commander. So the, the existence of the preponderance of data and the proliferation of product has had, a, has had a twofold effect. So the proliferation of product has allowed wizards to print ridiculous cards that fit in niche strategies to try and push out all this product that's coming out in waves. And like, if you're like anybody here, like Pete, you know what you're talking, like there's so much product that's being dumped into the laps of commander of players and it's all geared at commander players. It's really, there's, there's no longer a need to play this okay ish card when you can go find the perfect inclusion for your deck from that new product and go get the the card that's perfect for your deck. Mm -hmm. So, and what that has done is it's allowed people to play the cards that are more synergistic, but they're also playing, they're also creeping the power level on things because they're looking to sell the product, right? It's just a market. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely. So yeah. our resolution for this new year is we want to see people playing janky stuff they have lying around more. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's seeing some, some, some more diversity. Not that we don't appreciate people playing cards from new sets we we love to see that i love learning about new cards and stuff and i enjoy people playing different commanders i've never seen before but when it becomes like smothering tithe is played in every single white deck or Ristic studies played in every single blue deck or um deflecting swat is played in every red deck or something like that it becomes um difficult to not like rip the hair out of my head you know what i mean out of frustration in that sense can i just provide the audience with a bit of a context of what they're what i'm talking about when i say like power creep is a, is the thing that is like pushing cards out of the format so you know there was a time heroes, cards, Downf- yeah. Yeah. heroes downfall was an excellent card that people played three mana kill a creature or a planeswalker it was versatile it was flexible it was an instant it was reasonably costed 
Um, and I remember when, in Theros, it was the preeminent removal spell that, yep. that was out. Well, it, and it was a rare. It was a rare card. Well, now Bitter Triumph is yeah. just better. So right. one in a black, as additional cost to cast a spell, discard a card or pay three life. Many decks are quite happy to discard to their graveyard because you throw it away and you reanimate it later, destroy target creature or planeswalker. You're, so it's sort of this sort of power creep that sells a product. Now, and that's an uncommon. It's a dollar card. It's yeah. not like it's an expensive purchase for your deck. You can include it in, in any list that plays black. It splashes super easy. And that's so sort of power creep that is like seeping into the format. Um, and then when people go and check EDH rec, they go look and they see the re relative inclusion. Let's say you're playing that my Myco Tyrant. Well, now Myco Tyrant synergizes with that super duper well. And people are going to go, oh, yeah, I want to play that with my Myco Tyrant. And no one's, you haven't dedicated any brain space to that. You've just gone and gone and checked the website and that so that data is great don't get me wrong i'm never going to say no to data because we use it here on the show we do to help us keep keep our costs down the curate and, yeah yeah mm -hmm. so we, we sure. use the data too and most good magic players will but what it does it also homogenizes decks so that you see the right. same sorts of cards over and over and over again because they're the ones that play best with your commander um but on top of it what it does is that that data ensures that your opponents are never going to be playing cards that are suboptimal and that really changes the way that the format is played and that's a first sort of philosophical question you've got to ask yourself sure. are am i playing this tonight with my buddies we're gonna sit around sit around the table and just sort of catch up and this is a social experience or am i sitting down to play to win right. and if you're and and if you're choosing the option of sitting down with your buddies and you're playing this optimized deck, like this may not be as fun for your buddies as you might think, because they're going to get stomped, if particularly if they don't follow the same philosophical approach. Now, I find when you're playing on over the internet with people who are playing on Spell Table or other enfranchised players who understand that this is what's happening, that you're cutting that big derpy seven drop, and instead you're playing a five mana menace, mm -hmm. just a, I don't know whatever you're talking about. Like you're gonna find that that everyone's kind of on board, but the format goes like wildfire. It goes like stink, and it's gonna find yourself like the game is over far quicker. If particularly if you didn't have a fantastic start. So right. anyway, it's a philosophical thing, but it stems from data proliferation of product. I've really spent a lot of time thinking about this the last sort of week or so, um, because yeah. well, Pete, Pete and I were well, playing well, online. I mean, it's like it's happened. In, in various degrees in the last few weeks for me where like yeah, I mean, either and either I steamroll somebody but it's not uh, it's not because I tried to do that it just kind of happened or the opposite where you just get wrecked and like you can't respond to anything and you just feel terrible because you yeah. feel like you just wasted your time um we kind of kicked this off about a week what was it a week ago or two weeks ago when we were in a pod together and something occurred where we literally got steamrolled by like turn four and it wasn't even like the dude played anything terribly oppressive. He just, his deck was really, really fast. It was just, just a very, it, 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 it did the thing. Yeah. And, 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 and you and I were both reasonably set up. Like my deck, I was yeah. playing Zyatora. Yep. Pete was on, uh, I forgot what you were on. Rutstein. Sure. Weren't you on Rutstein? Was I on Rutstein? No, I th thought I was on Akiri in that match. Oh, yes, it was Akiri. So, 
so the bottom line was we were both set up. We had good foundations for a start. Um, and out of nowhere, we got comboed out by by a player. And I'm like, huh. I did everything I'm supposed to do. And I still just got throttled like right out of the game. Yeah. And it made me think about that. The next game was similar in the sense that we played and I had a good start. And I my in fact my my Optimus Prime deck performed very admirably that game and didn't yeah. matter. I just got dummied yeah. in the end. And so like the net result is like it really got us thinking here, like between Pete and I, like, what are we seeing? Like what is happening where we're in the game, but then we're really not? Like what is I think, happening? I think like when right. we used to when we started playing, right? everything could be answered and like like at a at a rate that was like sort of appropriate for its curve and its cost like if you played ristic study you could play a croson grip in response you know what i mean like like the rate of removal and the board wiping there wasn't that many cards that recurred creatures right that were that were cheap. Now there's five mana recursion return target creature from your graveyard or from a, a graveyard to your side of the field in like every single set at common now. You know what I mean? There is other unanswerable things that make it really difficult to just play that one for one removal because you can recover easier in each color now. There's more recursion save for red, really. I mean, red has artifact recursion, but they've already already had that before. Um, white though has gotten really powerful, um, more so than it used to be, with its answers and and with its sort of uh, things you have to respond to. Um, that's just off the cusp. But there's been games like the last weekend where I was playing with some friends of mine I haven't seen in a while, where the games were very close, like to the end, and that was nice because that felt like we were playing EDH rather than like playing a different sort of style of the game, where one person just goes off to the races unanswered. And everybody else has to try to catch up, or politic to remove them from being the problem. So, I don't know. I guess we're in this interesting situation, right? Because we love the game and we love the diversity of it and the different cards that are being played and the commons that are really good now. That's always a thing we're going to support on the channel. It's like budget options, Mm -hmm. but but it it challenges us to like have to really think about. How are we even going to be able to play this deck now if we can't answer someone else in the colors we're supposed to be able to answer them in? You know what I mean? Like playing a four mana kill all the creatures and then all the creatures come back anyway. You're just like, wow, I didn't even do anything in this game. I I absolutely hear you. I mean, there's a lot of decks that I have built there. I'm like, I don't think this cuts the mustard anymore. And, um, and in, in, at least when in when I go and play on, over Random. spell table with people, yeah. with yeah. with people that are not you know that are not my closest friends, my closest friends like we have a, seem to have a much different understanding in person when we get down to gather to play because I think we're choosing to gather to play in part because we like to spend time with each other, yeah, um, and not just because we want to you know flex our muscles and see which of which of these decks can run away with the game and hide, so. I, it's it's interesting, and like I said, I think it was part of why I think we're going through a transformational phase, where there is going to be playgroups that lag in their adoption of this, and maybe some groups reject it outright and say, no, we, we like to play our longer, slower game. Um, 
because it provides us with more, as I describe it, like a board game feel where like there's like a beginning, a middle, and then some sort of climactic conclusion to the game. Whereas well, I think where, where magic is headed is less about the storytelling board game, climactic ending, boom, everything again, the game is over. And it's going to be like, like a bulldozer, like somebody's a bulldozer and everybody else is either like can stop the bulldozer or you're done. And that's yeah. kind of how I feel like right, it's happening right now. And if you're going to insist on playing in this format where like decks are super high powered, there's nobody playing poor, like un suboptimal cards and every strategy is sort of very potent, then how you have to either adapt or you're going to find yourself on the losing end far more frequently than not. And and the thing that, is, it should, I mean, it should never be about winning and losing in this format. And I understand people with CDH, their premise is they want to win all the time. But this is meant to be like you get to like the whole purpose of the format was between rounds of Greek of Grand Prix, people would get together and just play like unplayable cards, like almost as a joke, in well, a sense. Well, I, so I'm going to agree at with you, time. but I'm going to also disagree with a little bit. So well, that wasn't the point, whole point. But yeah, you know what I'm trying point. to say. So, but like, yeah. what I'm trying to say is like, it was meant to be so you could play like a silly eight mana card and see what the heck happens with it, or like hit the mother load, right? I had a friend cast and resolve, hit the mother load, and got a one drop and got to make nine treasures, and I thought that was awesome. So, like, it's just really weird things that you can do that like you normally couldn't do in any other format, and that's what we're losing, I think, with this overall sort of thing. It's like. I killed somebody uh, last week by playing um, Rite of Reflection onto... I took their Dreadhound out of their graveyard because I copied their commander, Nagathrob, to take a creature out of their graveyard because I milled it. I took the Dreadhound, and then I copied it and made five tokens of it, milled 15 cards, and killed the table. And it was a janky way to win a game, right? Right. But that doesn't happen as often as I would have liked it to, right? We were like, what the heck just happened? You know what I mean? So... Mm -hmm. That's, that's, I guess, what, what I'm coming from at the end of this thing is, like, the power is good because we have access to it. But like Spider-Man, right, and all the great Marvel heroes, with great power comes great responsibility. Yes, I think that's where I think we unfortunately fall down um, because... It's a human, in, in, you know, it's a natural human sort of thing, right? We want to be the best at what we create right we we don't want to feel like we wasted our time or efforts with something that we put our brain power into right like that's just mm -hmm. a natural thing well and i think i think magic is prone to people who are keen to demonstrate that they are the Indulgent. best artist the fastest yeah. whatever <laughs> and uh from a so you know i think it takes you either have to be the smartest fastest bestest whatever or you have to be somebody who's prepared to accept that you're going to take a lot of L's on, on your road now, on this journey. And the good news is your games are going to be over earlier, meaning you can get another one in. Which, you know, there's people who are down to, like, play four or five games a night if each game is 45 minutes long. I'll play a bunch. Sure. Um, but I, I do know there's going to be – there's going to continue to be a – uh, a plethora, I don't know how many, but a percentage of the player base that is going to be a little more inclined to play the slower, um, 
more storytelling aspect of Commander. And I I don't know how we balance the two because how do we find make a have it such that people can find that that's that that longer slower storytelling piece yeah. with this desire to play the the cool new toys that are coming through the they're coming down the pipeline so, for us yeah to I solve an un- I don't yeah to solve an unsolvable format right to solve an unsolvable yes. format I think you have you take the objectivity of the power creep right and you turn yes. it into how do I want to see myself playing this game with my friends or people that I haven't met before or people that I saw on an LGS that I wanted to play with I think it comes down to a lot of my friends have started to shy away from proxying and just grab cards that they have lying around um, and see what they can do with it and test their own skill level. And I think that's better. If you really want to play Magic, test it with random cards that you have in your bulk instead of playing the best card for the best situation. It takes real skill to take a 7-mana card and make it work in this particular deck that you're running you know what i mean so not to say that i don't like i've been cutting my curve down significantly last few years right just out of necessity but i think like it's good to just sit back and like change your perspective right overall i'm saying this as a rhetorical thing like instead Mm -hmm. of focusing on trying to do the thing and win maybe try to just do the thing and if you do the thing you win in your own like head Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I wanted to like, you know, I want to come back to that. Like the whole set I, for years I used to run, uh, five and 10, five and 10 K road races. And I know when I line up to run a five, five kilometer road race, there's hundreds, if not maybe thousands of people who are going to race that with me. Sure. And I'm not racing to be the fastest runner on the course because I know I'm not, there's going to be guys that are way faster than me that are running away from me all the time. And I, really, I want to go and do what, do my best. And so when I sit down and play Commander, I have to increasingly use the mindset of, like, did my deck do what I was supposed to do? So we use it, going back to the example we had the other week where Pete and I both got stomped, and my Zyatora deck was set up to do the thing that Zyatora was supposed to do. I had a chance to fling some creatures, make some treasures, and really do the thing that tre- Zyatora was supposed to do. And if the game had gone for, had been extended longer, I would have found that I had, um, I was going to be, I was going to enjoy what I was set up to do. Um, Optimus Prime deck in the next game, same sort of thing. My Optimus Prime deck got off to a pretty, pretty hot start, and I, I had multiple, multiple Autobots on the battlefield, lots of counters. I was having a blast putting, putting counters on things and moving dice around, and I was actually had a, I had a shot to try and win the game. I didn't work, but I had a shot. And I mean, at the end of the day, like I was pretty satisfied with the results for those games, even if I didn't win the games. And I think that's going to be a mindset that we're increasingly going to have to encourage. Yeah. yeah, We're going to have to encourage players to adopt. Um, And sure, some games you're going to win because you've managed to either. Yeah. The thing does the thing and like I gained 200 life on Sunday, like whatever. What are are you going to do? Exactly. And there's going to be other games (laughs) where. It doesn't work at all. Yeah, you get housed, and that's that's how magic should be, right? Like, I don't expect to win when I ever sit at a table. I am a good player. People have told me that before. I'm not gonna like try to brag or or humble. Like, 
I guess. No, there's because, no humble brags. Like you're, 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 yeah. be, you're being truthful. Like you are a good player, and and, and people have to- targeted me because of that, and I have not sort of reciprocated that understanding. But I've also seen like the idea of like I want to go to a play with some friends or people that I like to play with, and go into a, a, a mindset with like I just want my deck to do something weird, like really janky, like something that it shouldn't do, you know. Like the only reason I was able to steal the Dreadhound was because I copied Nagathrob with Volrath, and it was just the way the cards lined up. You know what I mean? Go ahead, Bruce. Yeah. Well, I like I just want my deck to do what I designed it to do. So like yeah, with Optimus sure. Prime, I wanted to put the counters on things. And it and it did. Guy plus, <laughs> and it did. It did the thing. I'm like, yeah. sweet. If I'm building Zyatora, I want to fling things at people and make treasures. Sweet. Yeah. I could do that. So like that's if, if my deck does the thing. The games where I get frustrated or where the games where I get totally derailed and I never get to do the thing at do all. Anything. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this kind of stinks. I get to sit here right. and my commander's in my command zone for the third time and it costs me a dozen mana. Well, like, I'm not, I'm not... I played a deck for the first time, right, this past weekend, and the creature dies, becomes a land, so then it be- was turned into a land in a colors that can't get rid of enchantments. Uh... So I literally had, I literally couldn't do anything in the entire game. And I'm kind of glad somebody mercy killed me because I literally told them, I was like, here's my hand. Like, it's three pump spells. There's no way for me to get my commander back this game. So it wasn't exactly, like, ideal, but it taught me a lesson that, like, nothing works every time. And I think people are starting to realize, like, you can't have it both ways, right? You can't push the boundaries of power and then not get blown out sometimes because that's just how the game humbles us, right? Yeah. No, in a four-player ferment, nonetheless, with politics. Yeah. Like, politics are part of this game. Like, deal with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I also like, I also think, like, one of the things that's happened with this format, and I know everyone says, well, if you're getting blown out, Pete, Bruce, why, why don't you play more removal? And I think that's we do. Like, one of the things we're, we're encountering. Is that the removal's not, the removal's not enough. Sometimes, like, it's yeah. not, it's not, so like, like there were, maybe, maybe farewell is the is the is the answer. You even need. that though, even that though, didn't do its job because we. I was in a game recently with with our buddy Nick, who plays with us on Discord, and two guys that were making tokens and stuff. I was making tokens. The other guy was doing equipment, and it came down between the last turn because the farewell knocked out all the equipment and all the creatures on the board and stuff. But even then, people were. I was able to recover, and so was the guy across from me um, playing with mm-hmm. equipment. So it didn't even yep. actually, because it's, it's a one-time effect. Yep. If it was a continual residual effect, like um, nobody plays anymore, but the four mana fading card that exile stuff or parallax wave sort, sorts of effects, where like it, it, even that is, is conditional, right? Where like removal is so conditional that you have to really pick your moments in this mm-hmm. game, even more so than you did before. Before you could counter the first spell your buddy played just to say, you know, haha, screw you. But now it's like, you do that, you're going to lose the game immediately. You know what I mean? If you pick the wrong target for a... Yeah, for, a, no, for sure. So Yeah, so, it's uh, it's really, like, it's, it, it, it really, like, the game is changing rapidly, and I'm not sure that lots of players are cognizant of that. Um, I mean, I really question, like, I know they say right now that one of those popular decks in the format is like an Ur-Dragon deck. I don't know how an Ur-Dragon deck survives in 2020. How does that like, work? I really don't. Like, <laughs> it's just, how are you spending 10 mana on your commander? Like, I don't, like, yeah. how are you doing that? Um, you know, it's how are you spending that much mana to play, like, 
how is Atraxa the top commander of the format when right now, like, if you play Atraxa, that's, like, the slowest of slow. Like, how are you doing that? It proliferates once a turn. Like, what are you doing? Like, are you playing, like, are you getting Tekuthal into play? Are you, how are you proliferating enough that this actually matters? Like, I don't think, I don't know. And I'm... Yeah, the future I think will be you know three mana or like four four mana max maybe as a generous. Yeah, sort I think of I think that's sort of the way basin. we're headed. I think the I think like curves are going to be compressed. I think ramps going to be is going to be accentuated. Um, I think that like it's I don't know I don't know quite where the format is headed, but I feel like we're going to see like just. This proliferation. We're gonna of, have a regurgitation of tokens out every every game. Someone's gonna be well, making some sort of extraneous value, and sometimes it'll be me, and sometimes it'll be you, and sometimes it'll be whoever's across from us. But like as you notice, like we've had a lot more ETB effects, a lot more leave the battlefield effects than I've ever seen in the last three years. Just from yeah. like even commons will just be like ETB make a treasure. I'm like cool. Like that's that's great. You know what I mean? So EGB well, makes a treasure on a card that was already reasonably statted. And you're like, yeah, like oh. a three two, a three two that makes a treasure, and it's a common, and it's three mana, and yeah. it's in red, and it, you're like, what? Because <laughs> like Bruce yeah. and I've been playing long enough, we look at these cards, we're like, what? What does that card do? Like the micro tyrant, you cast it on turn three, you could make six hundred sap or, or fungus just from milling yourself before the commander even hits the field. Like it literally says at the end step, which I think just blows my mind. Like I have a friend who plays that deck and he makes 25 of them in like two turns. And I'm like, bro, how are we going to do this with you when you're playing sack outlets and paying us with Zulapur cutthroat? Like it's, 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 it's a, it's, it's admirable, but it's difficult to respond to. It's difficult to answer. Um, so yeah, I mean, overall, though, the, the format is very healthy, though, too, right? The diversity is there. The card pool depth is there. People are doing more interesting things than I've seen. There's not just people playing death and taxes every time, right? Like, I haven't seen a winter orb in static orb in a while, but I also play in pods that really don't play those cards. And even those mm-hmm. cards wouldn't stop most people nowadays because of all the treasure production. So it's a different, it's a different game, right? It's a different sort of game we're playing. Any last yeah. parting thoughts? I feel like we've we've definitely gone deep into this um, sort of discussion. This is a thing we're probably going to have throughout the year coming up too. Yeah, well, I think we'll, we'll probably have, we'll probably have to come back to this discourse again because I think there's lots of lots of stuff as we see more products get revealed and we we and we can maybe keep an eye on some of the like, these these the the creep and of the of power and uh, the proliferation of some of these strategies. You're going to maybe see that you know that this is continuing to push power levels down, and there may be people in the community that say, you know, that's enough. I'm I'm going to I'm going to push back here, and I'm yeah. I'm not going to play this. I think here here on the show, we're going to have to really make a conscious effort to play cards that are you know a little bit on the more unusual side to try yeah. and spice it up a bit, uh, you know what I'm saying? Well, spice it up, but also to make our, to make your dollar as uh, a, a consumer of magic out there right. in, the, in the audience, um, get the best bang for your buck. Because like, right now there's lots of like things that are, there's lots of pieces of the game pieces that are affordable and great for us. Yep. But the reality is that some of the ones that we want to play because they've been optimized through data proliferation of 
cool niche cards. Word of mouth. Some of them are really expensive. Great examples, Beseech the Beseech the Mirror. Like that card is a $25 card when it really shouldn't be. Field of um, the Dead. But it is. Yeah. Field of the Dead is $25 and I've been cutting it from every deck that I have in Landfall because it's too damn slow now. Yeah. So, you know, there's <laughs> stuff like that where like there's cards that are, you know, that are, we, we can do more interesting things. And I think where I'm coming from is, is the fact, that, you know, we're seeing this happen in limited with proliferation of data on 12, sure. 17 lands. You're seeing yep. it on in constructed formats on Arena because of um, other extensions that are allowing us to aggregate data, and I think increasingly that you're going to see it on EDH Rec, where you know mm -hmm. EDH Rec is going to see these cards get pushed down as people start looking to innovate and looking to make their decks more affordable. So in 2024, I think we're going to see that this trend continue as the format continues to morph and transform into the the next iteration of what we're going to get and i don't know how we slow that down because i think wizards as a co commercial entity is still premised on making money so they're going to print cards uh hmm. so i don't know where i don't know where this road ends but in the meantime i think audience we're in for a bumpy ride there's going to be um, there's going to be some feel bads of course but i think yes, the way to yeah. the way to keep it interesting and fresh is to think about your deck not just as a way to win a game against your friends or people that you know or people that you don't know in, in the LGS. I think looking at it as like, how can I make this an enjoyable experience for everybody? Because again, this is a four-player format. It's meant to be socialized. Yeah. It's not meant to be me. Like Bruce and I, we could build the most oppressive thing and play it. Would we have a good time with it? Probably not. I mean, no. I've definitely blown people out in drafts before, and they've blown me out in drafts too. So it's not like we've been at the competitive tables too and seen how that happens as well. So, yeah, I think I think that idea, Pete, is really one that we need to come coming back to you on the show. We need to premise that as being a, an overarching theme here. That our goal here on the show is to have you invited to come back and play. Exactly. That is the that is the ultimate win here more so than winning the game mm -hmm. winning is being invited back to play and making new friends that is that Simply, should be our yeah exactly like <laughs> it's simple but effective like that's what it well it, it should be well right? also as as a teacher i know sometimes making new friends is not easy yeah and I, I i i see that with students at school and i know as an adult and so if i have an opportunity to connect with new people and they say you know what that guy bruce played a cool new deck i like that mm -hmm. let's have him let's play again with him let me then give you two I've scenarios then right here's two scenarios i've i've have experienced the last week or so right i went to this guy's house um on sunday i never met him before I actually probably i think i met him at a store one once or twice and didn't really recall who he was i recognized him by face briefly but that's just because i remember faces pretty well and immediately, he welcomed me into his home. He's like, if you want anything to drink, if you want anything to eat, just just ask. If you want cards that are sitting in my bulk box, just have them. I don't care about the money. I'm here to have a good time with good people. To set that tone, and then people come in that I recognize, people that I've played with for several years. And then two guys who were literally getting back into the game, Bruce, that had been playing since about the same time you started in the 90s. To have them come back and share their stories with us was fun because it wasn't just about magic. It was about creating a connection with somebody. 
as yeah. simply as like, "Hey, how was your week? Was how was work this week? Like, anything fun happened to you?" I told him a story about how I met Patrick Ewing this year randomly, uh, being an usher at the circus. Like, it was just neat to like have that human interaction with people. But then I go to an LGS and I'm playing with people, and it's like we're just taking ourselves a little bit too seriously at that table. You know what I mean? Because well, it's people, an LGS. People- are people getting sweaty? People are getting sweaty. Of course. You know how it goes. So so, so, <laughs> so I think what we need to stress here on the show is this, is that human connection. Mm-hmm. Which is Build difficult. Human connection. And, and yeah. like, what's to play devil's advocate? This is one of those games, very difficult to make human connection with people. Because it was originally designed for you to beat the dirt out of your opponent somehow. Right? We're now, True. we're socializing it more. Granted, there will always be pods, there will always be people out there. Um, and it just depends on the tone that people set initially. And that, I think, will d- dictate what happens in games. Like, even the feel-bads I had with my one buddy, I was like, dude, it's nothing against you. That deck is just super annoying. And it's nothing against you. I just don't like it. Because <laughs> I didn't know any about, anything about the cards. And I got absolutely walloped with it. And it's fine. Because, like, that's life, baby. Like, that's literally how life works. So, anyway. Thank you uh, for tuning in. If you If you had this week... Bruce, I'm excited for 2024, man. We're going to do some big things, I, I think. Hope so. we're, I hope we're, so. We're trying to get there. You know, we're trying to get there, and we we really appreciate people sticking with us this past year. Um, I've learned a ton from you and from other people in general just from starting this journey with you, so I'm grateful mm-hmm. for that too. So. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to 2024 as well. I think uh, the show is going to hopefully help people build those build those connections and finding ways to help them uh, help people make stronger connections with play groups and people and uh through magic because i think uh, magic is actually a great avenue or a great mechanism by which we can make new friends uh and build our social uh, our social connections um so yeah i'm really looking forward to what 2024 has to offer it'll be exciting here on the show uh it's exciting for the audience now audience if you have ser- stories that you want to share with us we'd love to hear from you guys um, all the information is in the show notes for how to reach out to us. We'd love to ha- share your stories um, about, uh, you know, how, you know, you, maybe you've connected with some people through magic, uh, what we can help, uh, what lessons we can learn to help me- make people um, improve their chances of, of having those positive re- interactions with each other at a store or at home or anywhere else out there in the internet. So, uh, please, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, please reach out to us. We'd love to have those stories and share them with the audience um, generally because I think there's lots of good to be learned from each other through this game. So two things that I like to do, right? When I get together with friends, I usually bring my bulk with me or try to bring cards that I think people would, would want to play in one of their decks if I remember. Um, on yeah. Sunday, I forgot, but I brought one card for a guy and he really was happy because it, it fit in the deck he was building. But... Usually I'll just bring the bulk over to my buddies, be like, yo, just go through it and take whatever you want. I don't mm-hmm. care what about the price. I don't care about that. I, I like, I've had friends do the same thing with me like, and I'm grateful for that, right? They, they just say, here, take this. Like this will work in your deck. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Thank you. So the point is it's supposed to be a trading card game, right? You're supposed to trade these things. I also like people drawing tokens for me, even if they're not very good at drawing. I think that's always fun. I'm like, yeah. hey buddy, draw this goblin token for me. Let's see how bad it is or how good it is. <laughs> Let's yeah, grow your ego sure. a little bit. You know what I mean? Well, they, Something they, fun they, like that. Yeah, that'd be good yeah. too, for sure. So, so folks, yeah, that's that's where we're at in 2023. Uh, looking forward to 2024. And uh, thanks, everybody. Other than 
other than wishing all of you a happy uh, happy holidays and a terrific start to 2024, this is going to be the Epic Experiment Podcast signing off for 2023 and looking forward to seeing you soon enough. Peace, everybody. Uh, stock those stuffings with plenty of cardboard and enjoy your holidays with your families and friends. Take care. Bye, everybody.